words, forever God is faithful, forever God is strong, forever God is with us forever. And yet it's interesting, you know, amidst the difficulties of life, it's easy to wonder, I mean, is God really faithful? I mean, is he really strong? Is he really with us all the time? To help us answer that uh, question today, we're going to look at that last question there. Let, let's turn to the 139th Psalm. If you have your Bible with you, if you'll turn over to Psalm 139. If you don't have a Bible, there's a pew Bible there in front of you. We just encourage you to take those, open that up, and turn to page 445. going to be reading Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. Follow along as I read. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If, If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I make my... If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea... Even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. Let's bow for prayer. Dear dear Father, we have been uh, talking about the question of why you allow such evil in our world. And God, there are just times in life when we're struggling and we struggle with your power and we struggle with your presence. I'm sure all of us at times have just wondered if you'd abandon us. I'm sure there are those struggling with that question today. And so God, again, I pray that you'll just work in these moments, that you'll work through your word and you'll work in our hearts. It's in your son's name we pray. Amen. One, one day, three-year-old Mark accidentally spit, spilled his uh, fruit punch on the kitchen floor, and so he decided to clean it up himself, and so he went for the mop on, on the back porch. As he got there to the back porch, he realized that it was dark outside, and he was fearful of reaching out the door for the mop. And so he remembered his mom always said, you know, God, Jesus is with you all the time. He's always there in the dark. And and so he thinks for a moment, and then finally, he reaches his hand out the door, and he says, Jesus, if you're out there, hand me the mop. Now, people, haven't we all been just a little bit like Mark at times? I mean, wouldn't we just like Jesus to hand us the mop? Times that we just need to know that Jesus is right here with us amidst the darkness of life. I mean, especially during those difficult times, it's easy to question, God, where are you at? Have you abandoned me? Have you left me all alone? I find it interesting that the Bible doesn't hide us from the fact 
that, that the people of old, back in the Old Testament, struggled with that. David struggled with that. I mean, when he wrote the 63rd Psalm, he was in the desert of, of Judah, the barren desert. There, separated from friends, hiding from his enemies. And he had this sense that everyone had abandoned him, even God. And here's what he wrote as, as he begins the psalm, Psalm 63. Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My, my soul thirsts for you. My body longs for you. In a dry and weary land where there is no water. David just wanted to know that God was with him, that, that God was right there by his side. And, and when we go through lonely times of, in our lives, we want to know that God is with us. That, that same thought is expressed in, in the 42nd Psalm, verses 1 through 3. It says, as the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? My tears have been my food day and night, while men say to me all day long, where is your God? You know, when the unbelieving world around us looks at our lives and sees us suffering and going through tough times, it would be easy for them, and it's easy for them to say, where's your God? Why isn't he there? to help you. And let's face it, sometimes amidst our sorrow and our fears and our tears, we can wonder the exact same things. This morning, I want you to learn something that David learned in his life. He learned that the Lord was with him wherever he was and with whatever he was experiencing. I want you to read again. Let me, let me read it again. Psalm 139, verses 7 through 12. It says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go up to the heavens, you are there. If I make my bed in the depths, you are there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me. Your right hand will hold me fast. If I say, surely the darkness will hide me, and the, night become, become, and the light becomes night around me, even the darkness will not be dark to you. The, the, the night will shine like the day, for darkness is as light to you. God is always with us. He's with us in the mountaintop times, and He is with us in the valleys. He is with us in the light, but he is with us in the darkness. He is with us in the good times, but people, he's with us in the difficulties of life. I mean, even if we try to run away from God, he is present with us. If we try to hide from him, he is there. He's always there. It's interesting. You can't play hide and seek from God. He knows where you're at. He knows what you're doing. And through the scriptures, he's made some great promises. He promised Jacob this in Genesis 28, verse number 15. I am with you and will watch over you wherever you go. And I will bring you back to this land. 
I will not leave you until I have done what I have promised to you. God wanted Jacob to know that he was going to be with him. And he was going to be with him all the time. He promises the same thing to Israel. Isaiah 43, verses 2 and 3. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. God wanted Israel to know that he was simply going to be with them even through the difficulties that they face. And you know, God wants to just know that he is here with us. A matter of fact, Jesus made this promise in Matthew 18, verse number 20. He said, for where two or three come together in my name, there I am with them. And so where is God this morning? He's right here with us. Isn't that the promise? I mean, there's a special sense. And sometimes, again, I think we forget in our worship. I mean, worship isn't about pleasing us. Worship isn't me-centered. It is He-centered. He's present here among us. And we are out to please Him in what we do here in our worship, for He is right here with us. He promised before He ascended into heaven some of His last words, Matthew 28, 20, And surely I am with you always, Jesus said, to the very end of the age. Jesus is always with us. He will be with us to the very end. And one more promise, God promised in Hebrews 13, number 5, Keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. God wants us to know that he will never leave us, that he'll never forsake us or abandon us. Though at times we may wonder, and I've wondered, though though at times we may question whether God has left us. He is always there. It's just a fact. God is always here regardless of where we are at and regardless of what we are experiencing in life. In her book, Gold by Moonlight, Amy Carmichael wrote this. It says, it's not the sense of his presence. It is the fact of his presence that is our strength and stay. We may not at times feel his presence, but it's the fact that he is here. And I want you to know as you leave this morning more than ever before, that as you leave this morning, God's going to go with you. As you live life this next week, God is going to be with you. And so quickly, we're going to look at an example from the Old Testament, another Old Testament character, Joseph. We're going to look at his story and how he learned that God was always with him, and we can learn that God's always with us. And so first of all, I've got just three points this morning, three truths. Number one, when others do wrong and we suffer for it, for it, God is with us. When others do wrong and we suffer for it, God's with us. Joseph had 11 brothers, but he was his son's favorite. I mean, his father's favorite. Jacob liked little Job more than he liked the other boys. That was just the way it was. 
He showed his favoritism to his son by baking him a special coat, a coat of many colors. I'm sure when it came to ice cream, he got the biggest scoop, okay? I, I mean, that angered his brothers that he got all of the attention. It angered them so much that they were ready to kill him. However, instead of killing him, they sold him into Egyptian slavery and told their father that he'd been killed by a wild animal. It looked, again, if, if I was living that story, it would certainly look as if God had abandoned Joseph through this difficult time as he ends up working for an official, an Egyptian official named Potiphar. But let me read for you Genesis 39, verses 2 through 4. It says, The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When the Lord saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. I mean, Joseph was suffering because of his brother's wrong, and yet God was with him. I mean, and it wasn't only obvious to Joseph, it was obvious to those around him that the Lord was with him in his life. And sometimes people, we will suffer because of other people's wrongs, won't we? I mean, sometimes we go through difficulties in life because the wrongs of those around us. But people, the Lord is still with us. Don't assume because things are going against you in your life that God has abandoned you. Don't you assume because others hate you or mistreat you that God is not there. The Lord is with you just like he was with Joseph. He's with you. And the Lord can work, as we learned last week, through the difficult circumstances of life. He can bring good from difficulty. And again, we see that so evident in Joseph's life. And so we need to learn this first lesson, and that is when others do wrong and we suffer for it, God is with us. And then the second truth, when we do wrong and we suffer for it, God is with us. I mean, the truth is, Joseph is not innocent in this story. I mean, he certainly deserves some of what he got. I mean, he was his father's favorite son, and he let his brothers know it. I mean, he, he showed off his, his special coat. He had a couple of dreams. And in those dreams, he, he, he interpreted dreams that it said that one day his brothers were going to rule. He was going to rule over his brothers. And man, he liked to tell that dream over and over and over again. He liked to remind them of that. I, I tell you, I think if I was Joseph's big brother here, I would have probably hated him too for how he acted. Joseph made some mistakes, and we make some mistakes. Joseph was suffering, partially at least, because of his mistakes, because of the wrong things that he did, and yet God was with him. Let, let me read again the passage from Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph, and he prospered, and he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything that he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. Joseph had done some things wrong in his life, and yet the Lord was with him. And sometimes we do wrong in our lives, don't we? 
We make some mistakes in our lives. And sometimes those mistakes have consequences, and we pay a price for those mistakes. And yet, the Lord's with us. I mean, parents, of, of all people, we ought to know this truth. I, I mean, just because your children do something wrong, does that mean you cut them off? You stop loving them? You stop caring about them? Man, it's in those moments, it seems like we care more about them than ever, isn't it? As they are going through a crisis in life. Well, people, we have a Heavenly Father who loves us even when we fail Him. We have a Heavenly Father who will never leave us or forsake us, even when we mess up. Just like Joseph, he, God was always there for him, and He is always there for us. And so the second truth that we learn from Joseph, and that is when we do wrong and we suffer for it, God is with us. And then third, when we do right and we suffer for it, God's with us. When we do right and suffer for it, God is with us. From what we, uh, the Bible tells us, uh, Joseph must have been an awful good-looking guy. Somehow I can just identify with, with that sort of thing. Right, hon? <laughs> she smiles there, okay? Potiphar's wife is attracted to Joseph. And so one day, again, she tempts him. She makes a play for him. She wants to go to bed with him. What Joseph does, he does the right thing. He runs out of the scene. He makes the mistake of leaving his coat behind. He does the right thing before God, running from this temptation, and yet he suffers because of it. Potiphar's wife says, Joseph made a play for me. Joseph ends up in jail. He did the right thing, falsely accused. He suffers for it, and yet God was with him. Listen to this passage later on, Genesis 39, 23-23. And while Joseph was there in prison... The Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all those held in prison. And he made him responsible for all that was done there. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Did you get that? I mean, Joseph was blessed. Jo Joseph, uh, again, knew that God was with him even in the difficult circumstance, even though he knew he was falsely accused, falsely imprisoned. And yet God was with him. And like those times will happen in our lives, when we do the right thing, it's misunderstood and we suffer because of it. And people, it's easy for us to say, well, God just isn't being fair. I mean, life isn't fair. And people, sometimes life isn't fair. Sometimes good people suffer and evil people make it good. And yet the truth of the matter is, is that God is still with us. We may question it. Where is God at? Why doesn't he keep even the score? People, the truth of the matter is, is that God will eventually even the score. But for this moment, He's with us. 
And in those difficult times of life, he is with us. As God was with Joseph, he is with us. Let me just remind you of these three truths. Number one, when others do wrong and we suffer for it, God is with us. Second, when we do wrong and we suffer for it, God is with us. And third, when we do right and we suffer for it, God is with us. There's a picture I want you to think about at this moment. Jesus is standing. Kind of strange to take you to this scene, but Jesus is standing outside the tomb of Lazarus. And the scripture says, in one of the shortest verses of the Bible, it says, Jesus wept. Now, now again, I always find that kind of strange, knowing the fact that in just a few moments, he's going to raise him from the dead, and yet the scripture says that he wept. Now, I want you to know this morning, as you experience loss and sorrow in your lives, and maybe some of you are going through one of those tough times right now, You know where Jesus is at? Just like at the tomb, Lazarus. He's right there weeping. He knows what it is to lose a loved one. He, he knows what it is to be abandoned. He, he knows what it is to be rejected by those who love him. And so he weeps. People, nothing can separate us from God. Nothing can separate us from His care. Nothing can separate us from His love. Romans, the 8th chapter, makes that point in just a powerful way. Paul says it this way, Romans 8, 35 and then 37 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble, our hardship, our persecution, our famine, our nakedness, our danger, our sword... Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through Him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any other power, nor, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God, that it is Christ Jesus our Lord. People, God is with us. He is always with us. And nothing, nothing can separate us from the love of God. We just need to know that. And we need to know that through the difficult times. That brings us to our practical applications. What, what are we going to do as a result of this morning's message? Let, let me suggest three things. Number one, honestly deal with the questions that you have about God and His presence. Okay? Deal, deal with those honestly. You know, I, I think sometimes in the church, you, you know, you, you say, how are you doing? And what's the right Christian answer? I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. And people, there are Sundays that I come and I can sincerely say, I'm doing fine. But you know, there are some Sundays... I'm not doing fine. I'm struggling. And I mean, some Sundays, how many times have you said to someone in response to that question, how are you doing? You say, well, I'm just doing fine. While in the heart, there's an ache. 
or in your mind there's a question. And, and we just, I mean, there's sometimes we just need to answer honestly, hey, I'm kind of struggling today, kind of struggling today. And maybe again, be transparent enough to say, I, I'm just wondering, it just doesn't seem like God's with me. It just doesn't seem like God's at work in my life. It seems like he's kind of abandoned me. I mean, again, David expressed that. And so I, I don't think there's anything wrong with expressing the, those thoughts and having those questions. My, my suggestion always is this second one. Read and reread Bible passages that assure you of God's presence. And I've listed some there for you, okay? Uh, we, uh, scriptures that we looked at this morning. But, but if, you, if you go and, and do a Google search of, of scriptures on God's presence, there's just a whole list of them, okay? Just to remind us of the fact the Bible has promised us over and over again that God is with us and He's with us wherever we're at and whatever we're experiencing. And be assured of that is number three. Be assured that God is with us wherever you are and, and whatever uh, you are experiencing. Let, let me close with another picture everyone's asleep at home when all of a sudden a storm comes up and there's all kinds of lightning and thunder and wind. <laughs> Your two sons wake up. They begin to cry. You immediately run to the room to assure them that everything is okay. But they want you to stay in the room. They're, they're scared. I mean, they're, they're not asking you to, to take away the storm. They're just asking you to be there for mommy and daddy to just be there and to just see them through the storm. So, so what does the loving parent do? Well, they pull down the covers, they climb into bed, and they just stay present through the storm. Well, you know, I think we need that same kind of thought of our Heavenly Father. You know, it comes through the storms of life. Those times that we're fearful, when we're troubled. And, and I know there's part of us that just would like those times to just go away. But isn't it good to know that just God is with us? And that there are times that He'll just pull up the covers and climb in with us? That's the kind of God we have, a God who cares about us and wants a relationship with us and wants, to know, wants us to know that we are loved and he is always, always present with us.